Greetings, good evening. We are here at sunset at the Magic Kingdom and uh, Madison decided to join me this evening. We're gonna check out the park and uh, take a look at what's going on around here. So we're off to a good evening. You can see, by the way, uh, that uh, construction has commenced on the additional castle components that will be part of the 50th anniversary. So they've dammed the uh, stream right here so that they can get uh, lift trucks in. And here's the construction equipment that has been stationed at the base of Cinderella Castle to do the additional decor and um, decorations, all that crazy goodness that goes up on the castle in time for the 50th anniversary. So we'll see how this uh, plays out over the days and weeks. We decided we would take in uh, the Astro Orbiter. We haven't done that since I believe the park opened. So the sad note about that is there's a, a fairly lengthy queue here. I mean, it's spread out and so forth. How long is the queue expected to be here, Madison? Uh, let me check. She checks, note that the people mover, that date has been moved back again uh, toward, I believe, what is the 3rd of April. Very disappointing as hours have increased during spring break, but an important attraction that is able to take thousands of people an hour is not gonna be available for use during that time period. So that's a big mess and in terms of really helping to accommodate guests while they're in the park during that very important period of time. So how long is the wait? 35 minutes. So we're, we're here for about 35 minutes and uh, we'll see how this, uh, how this goes. This is a really good time to talk about attendance. This park is much more crowded than it has been in previous weeks. The attendance has been much lower than the 35%. People are looking at this and saying, I think they've gone over 35%. I don't think that's the case, however, they have lengthened out the hours. Tonight, the park is open till 10 o'clock. That means you can add additional capacity. Now, of course, some people, if the park is open till later, they'll just simply stay later. That doesn't increase capacity. But people who came in the morning and decide not to stay till closing, that allows others to come in and still maintain that capacity. When I came in, I found that there were a lot of guests who came in early in the morning and those parking spaces were vacated. That allowed for more people to come in while still maintaining that capacity. All right, we're here finally at the top of the platform for Astro Orbiter, long wait. Mateo was a great cast member at the bottom, so we had fun talking to him. But we're ready to ride this attraction and glad because it's a beautiful night, clear night, perfect night to be on the Astro Orbiter. Let's do this. Yeah. Just in case you missed it when we were spinning crazy, here is Space Mountain. Beyond it is uh, Tron. Imagine this when the lights are on. It's going to be amazing, especially at this elevation. All right, we are on our way down. One of the challenges is, is that Astro Orbiter is only working 
on half capacity because you can only have one party per elevator. So they can't get very many people up in time for the next run. And so half the elevator ends up going empty, which was really kind of strange because they were saying, yeah, oh, yeah, you need to double up as a party, but it didn't make any sense because half of those ships were actually running on empty, so. But hey, we did it and uh, glad we did so. So on the bottom floor of Rocket Tower Plaza underneath the Astral Orbiter is the Lunching Pad. I love the title, that's such a clever name. But look at it. It's about 7.30 in the evening and it sits empty. One of the challenges is your timing when you eat. And by the way, I hope you've had a chance to check out my last podcast, which is about where to dine during this COVID period. Because one of the challenges is, is trying to find that spacing. Now, take a look at the tables here at this location. In all truth, all these tables are reasonably paced and separated. So it's, it's a reasonable location to eat. And there's a little bit of covering due to the Astro Orbiter and the People Mover above us. But the problem is, is this is a location that closes early. So you have to be very careful if you're going to eat later, where are you gonna go? Because there are only a few choices, particularly from a counter service point of view. Okay, we are outside of Club 33 and you can see the lights on inside. I am so pumped. I am going to Club 33 for the first time here at Walt Disney World tomorrow. And we are going to be here at the one in Magic Kingdom. So very excited, very thankful for the family that invited me to do it. We are here in the quiet, well, not so quiet, there's a baby crying in the background, but we are here in the solace of Tortuga Tavern, where we are looking across at a quiet moment at Pirates of the Caribbean. You might notice that no one is in line. While we were waiting for the Astro Orbiter, Jason Kirk, Vice President of Walt Disney World, or of the Magic Kingdom, uh, Vice President of the Magic Kingdom, sent me a text, uh, I should say sent me and a few other, several, several, several thousand people a text. Pardon for the inconvenience, but Pirates of the Caribbean is closed. Our cast members are working as hard as they can to get this attraction back up and running, but I could, and we apologize for any inconvenience to your state. When you get a text message like that from the Vice President of the Magic Kingdom, you can be pretty assured you're not going on that ride today. That it's done and it's not happening. And the result of that is that queues right now for other attractions nearby, like Splash Mountain, like Thunder Mountain, like Jungle Cruise, guess what? They're all much higher than they would be on any other given occasion like this because, hey, this attraction can accommodate, well, particularly in non-pandemic periods, several thousand an hour. And so when you shut down that attraction, where are these people gonna go? They're going to be seeking another attraction and that's what you get is this result where, well, you've got bigger lines. So this isn't just an apology that 
this ride isn't working and you're not going to be able to go during your stay, it's an apology that really other attractions you are going to go on are going to be a longer wait as a result of it. It's a bear. And these are the moments that operations absolutely hates. When attraction goes one-on-one for good for the remainder of the day, it's a bad news day. Now I have to tell you that getting an attraction up and running begins the very moment you close the attraction the day before. You bring in crews to clean. You bring in crews to work on maintenance. You have people coming in at three in the morning to check costuming and to check um, uh, animatronics and to check hair pieces and all of that. It's all an operation to get everything ready so that it runs and runs effectively while you are visiting during the day. But when it falls apart, that's one of the saddest moments of all. So, there you go. Pirates of the Caribbean closed. So we are getting ready to dine at Tortuga Tavern, which is closed. But if you listen to my podcast, I mentioned that one of the best things to do is to grab your Dole Whip next door. And I went to the one at the front of Adventureland to grab the pot stickers. So Madison went to get the um, uh, Kukamora, Kakamora, whatever you call these floats, which are incredible. They are better than a Dole Whip because you got this green syrup thing with coconut ice cream and then you have a cake pop this is an amazing item the pot stickers we're gonna try that right now and uh, but we went and got separate items and met here at Tortuga Tavern where it is completely empty and we can dine away from all the other guests and enjoy this little meat meal so uh, bon appetit so we are here in the fairly empty Tortuga Tavern, again, going back to my commentary about finding those places where you can really socially distant and feel comfortable um, having a meal because the meal is one of the only times during your park stay where you can remove your facial covering. And so feeling comfortable about that, feeling like people aren't in your personal space and all that's involved is really important to people. This is one of my recommendations. Um, one of us went to Sunshine Tree Terrace, the other went to Aloha Isle. We each grabbed different items. We met here. Um, you could have done the same thing with Pecos Bills and just brought it around the corner and uh, it was really good. We had the uh, Kakamora float. The Kakamora float has <coughs> what I can tell, it has pineapple, coconuts, maybe... Um, it's a lime uh, green syrup. Yes. With a coconut ice cream. And the Kakamora has, it's a chocolate cake pop. Really good fudge chocolate cake pop. So imagine getting a, a, an ice cream soda and a cake pop. And so it's a little more expensive than getting your pineapple Dole Whip. I think if you asked, they might actually do it with the Dole Whip, but I really like the coconut soft serve. I'd say I like the Kakamora float better than the Dole Whip. I really so think so flavor. too. I, I eat, the, I eat the, um, the cake pop and then I swirl the ice cream and the lime uh, syrup together and it's just, ah, oh, it's such a great taste. 
So this is, I hope this stays on the menu for a long time to come. And it tastes really good with the pot stickers. Yeah, the, the pot stickers. So that was a new item added. And honestly, I thought they were a little bit on the cold and kind of done side. They were not fresh, but the dipping sauce was kind of not, I thought it'd be like soy sauce. It was more of a sweet sauce. It was really, that made it worthy of eating. So that made it, that made it pretty good. So, so as a combination that worked really well for us. So anyway, that was our experience here at Tortuga Temper. So take a look at the queue in the in the uh, covered courtyard for Pirates of the Caribbean. This has just been added in recent weeks, and it's been added for a reason because the line has been stretching everywhere to go on this attraction. This allows the attraction to uh, this allows the queue to collapse in size and to be able to accommodate more people within its footprint, which uh, makes it a whole lot better um, in terms of queuing. Doesn't look great, but it does make it easier. Okay, we are walking through Adventureland. Just wanted to give you a taste of the crowds that everybody talks about, because there isn't much of one here. This is a quiet, quiet corner of the park. See, looking toward Caribbean Plaza. It is a quiet, moment yeah there's a little bit of steam up here where the jungle cruise is but by and large uh by this hour of the night about eight a little after eight o'clock and it has quieted considerably for the evening but i am thrilled that during uh spring break they have increased the hours Liberty Bell looks so beautiful at this time of day. It's a shame it's not running, but uh, but still it has this wonderful reflection against the rivers of America. And Disney does not mention Diamond Horseshoe as a venue, but they use it as part of Liberty Tree Tavern as kind of an extension of their seating. In the same way, Shady Franz uses Monsieur Paul's over at Epcot as an extension of their seating, though that restaurant is not listed either. 
In truth, I would not recommend Liberty Tree Tavern, but if I had a seat here in Diamond Horseshoe with its uh, large ceiling, and you can see how spread apart people are, and at this time of day, there's hardly anybody here. This is a very reasonable choice, and it's a fine uh, location, although I miss the entertainment. A player piano is not entertainment. Still, it is a choice and an option for you. Um, and part of something to consider when you're making your dining choices at Walt Disney World. All right, so there's only a 10 minute wait at 8.30 this evening. Again, the park's closing at 10. There's only uh, a 10 minute wait to the Haunted Mansion, which probably means it's nearly walk-on. So uh, we're headed to do that attraction. That's a treat when you're not having to wait very long to uh, go on one of your favorite attractions. So off we go. Haunted Mansion has also put up those barriers. This is a recognition by the company that COVID's here to stay for the rest of the year or the, even perhaps a little longer, these barriers are gonna be up. But these have been added in recent weeks as well. You know, the queue has reached in previous podcasts, I've shown it reach toward the Liberty Bell exit and all along um, the waterfront. So this addition helps to reduce that, um, that uh, snake-like experience of trying to uh, uh, accommodate guests. Yeah, it is walk-in. There is no wait here. We're going past the cemetery and right into the initial foyer, and uh, which has kind of been modified. It used to kind of loop around a little bit more. Um, and uh, used to loop around the grand circle in the stretch room. But now uh, it's just a dead end, straight end to the attraction. And literally no wait inside uh, the main hallway. We are going right on to the ride. So this is a treat. One of the things I love about the Haunted Mansion at night, well, two things actually. First of all, in the last half dozen visits, really the queue has been non-existent. So do not see it during the day, go at night. It's practically walk in and walk on and you can walk on it again and again and again. That gives you a chance to see details you don't see otherwise because the second reason I love it is because your eyes are adjusted to the night. So you will see details the way the Imagineers see it. And what I mean by that is Imagineers designed this, you know, they're working in this space for hours in the dark. So their lighting design, their technical design, those details are seen by them at certain light levels having been in the dark. 
and you miss that when you're coming, you know how it is when you're coming in from outside and your eyes are having to adjust. It's so much better at night. You will see things you haven't seen before, like that person passing in the window upstairs. It's all good at the Haunted Mansion. What a great little corner to take a little bit of a break and get some of that social distancing in is coming here, not during the day, because it is pretty busy during the day, but at night, it's pretty quiet here in this little break area at, um, here in, um, at uh, Tangled uh, restroom area. And by the way, some of these switches still work and you could still be able to um, readjust, get some battery life in your phone when you are here. So again, this is just a nice little place to get a little bit of a break. Over beyond, you see Peter Pan's flight. It has been totally masked up and boarded up. Q is moving around it. And of course, it's moving through the Columbia Harbor House when it's um, a little longer. It's not very long this evening, but um, they are doing, a, they are addressing the exterior of uh, the attraction, just as they have done recently to It's a Small World. So we're here at It's a Small World. The clock is just rung for 9 p.m. And uh, one of the first attractions to set up barriers in the queue was this one. Although when it actually started, part of this room was actually um, being set aside for the facade restoration. So this wasn't being fully utilized, but and I've mentioned these uh, window plastic metal barriers between queues that allow them to maximize the space while still providing for a lot of social distancing. The thing that's come to me as I've watched this today is that, you know, Disney has made a commitment to do this until the pandemic has stopped. It would have been so easy to have made a token effort just to get them open and back in business. They have not done that. Instead, they have really made the investment necessary in order to hang through this entire COVID period. And you have to, even, even things like the stripes that are on the ground, they're not all just peeled away and gone. They still maintain the, the hand sanitizers. They are still largely working everywhere. I think there are a couple of practices they've chosen not to continue because I think they've found from the CDC and others, isn't that really helping? But I do think they have maintained that level of quality throughout this pandemic and are committed to do so until this is over. Hopefully by the end of the year, going into 22, we won't need to do masks and so forth. But until then, you know, you really do see a commitment here.
Here's an attraction I have not done since reopening, and that's Mickey's Filler Magic. I was a little uncomfortable about the theater setting, even though I'm very comfortable with Hall of Presence. I've done that several times before it closed for its remodeling with President Biden. That's said and done. Uh, let's check it out and see how it looks. All right, so we are here in the lobby and you see that people are standing in groups on a circle. So that's keeping everybody socially distant from one another. And if there are additional guests that there isn't a circle for, they're standing further and further back in the main part of that original queue in the other room. That way everybody's staying socially distant before we go on this attraction. All right, it's time to head into the theater. And uh, boy, I haven't done this in over a year. So it's been quite a while. <laughs> You can see that some rows are closed to guests. Some are open. You can see how people are socially distanced in this theater. We're bringing in the last people that were out in the queue, the exterior queue outside of the foyer. And everybody's getting ready for the show. Well, I think the 3D animation is a little on the old side. I have to say, I felt like, I, I remember at a certain point during Filler Magic, I thought, man, we really are quite socially distanced. And with a, what, a 50 foot high ceiling, really was a COVID safe place to enjoy that experience. And I highly recommend it to anyone who is coming to visit the park. I think this pretty much does it for the day here at the Magic Kingdom. The, uh, the park is just about closed and uh, we're just uh, finishing out here in Fantasyland as we head back toward Main Street. We've had a chance to visit all the different lands of the park and uh, Madison and I have had a pretty good time. She's gone on to get some uh, cotton candy at the confectionery and uh, Maybe find her old boyfriend uh, selling the balloons, but that's another story. Any rate, uh, we are glad that you joined us and appreciate you being part of us. Remember that you have uh, some wonderful options with the offerings we have in our new Wayfinder Society. It's a Patreon group. Be sure to check that out because uh, you'll get some interactive tools and 
things that will help you enhance your enjoyment of your experience at Walt Disney World, Disneyland, and all parks around the globe. Make sure you subscribe not only to our podcast, but also to our YouTube channel, J. Jeff Cobert. It's where you'll be able to see these videos play out. And as always, in all of our podcasts and uh, uh, events like this where we're in the parks, please always remember, follow the compass of your heart wherever you are and whatever you do. You have a great day. We'll see you real soon, hopefully here at Walt Disney World.